You're listening to The Courage to Change, a recovery podcast. We are a community of recovering people who have overcome the odds and found the courage to change. Each week, we share stories of recovery from substance abuse, eating disorders, grief and loss, childhood trauma, and other life-changing experiences. Come join us no matter where you are on your recovery journey. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Courage to Change Recovery Podcast. My name is Ashley Lobasson Game, and I am your host. And today I'm here with Scott, and we're doing a QA. Scott, drop it like it's hot. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought you thought your your dad jokes were bad. Coming you, in steaming hot. Can you add some of the uh Snoop Dogg sort of like sound effects on there too I'll, I'll just feel more inspired to like really give you something <laughs> all it all it did is your mic just knocked it down because it was like that's not that's not sound that's supposed to be recorded all right <laughs> was like, we, eh, no <laughs> no nope, we're not doing that yeah. uh we've got another great listener question today this one is I work in a very drinking heavy environment. I'm in sales and I recently got sober. And when I go out with clients, coworkers, now it looks strange that I'm not drinking because I was drinking with them so much before. What do I say now that I'm not drinking that won't bring too much attention or too many questions, right? So this, you know, this environment in which sales is a lot of like, you know, the meeting after the meeting and grabbing drinks and that's how you're connecting with your your clients or whatever. And now I don't. And what do I do? Where do I go from here? So I will just preface this with my husband is in sales and is sober and people he works with don't know he's sober and he's still able to go out with them and different functions and stuff. So it is a truly applicable method that we're going to talk about here today. And I'm going to give a couple of different options depending on your comfortability. There's of course always route one where you say, I'm in recovery, I'm sober and turning over a new leaf, love my life, and I'm no longer drinking. And I'd really appreciate your support. That will invite questions. And if you're open to answering them, or you can answer, you know, depending on talking to your counselor about what you are okay with answering, that might be the route to go for you. Things to consider. If your drinking was really obvious before in it, you know, messy, it was a problem. This might be the route to go because then you're, what you're saying is you don't have to worry because I'm no longer going to be acting the way that I was acting. So that might be an option where that might be a circumstance where you would say that you're sober and in recovery. Here are some other options that are a little more incognito. You can say that you're on a diet and you're cutting out alcohol. You can say that you are trying a new medication and that it doesn't mix well with alcohol or it doesn't mix well for you with alcohol. They may ask you what the medication is, so be ready to answer. Antibiotics never mix as well with alcohol, but frankly, almost all medications, they say don't drink alcohol. (laughs) But if you're on any SSRIs, antidepressants, that you're willing to say, those you can say don't mix well with alcohol. You can say that I am not drinking tonight. You can say I am not drinking this week. You can say that you are the sober driver. 
In a situation where you're sitting at a table and people are ordering drinks, you can order a mocktail. Another thing you can order is sparkling water with cranberry, with a splash of cranberry and lime. So you can order a drink that looks like a cocktail or you can order a cocktail and ask them not to put the alcohol in. If you really want to be completely incognito, there, here are two things I've done. One, you can pull the waiter aside. You can get up, go to the bathroom, pull the waiter aside, say, I'm not drinking, but I don't want people at my table to know that. Can you please hold the alcohol in my drink? And then you can say, and any drink I order tonight, I need it to be alcohol free. And then you don't have the issue. So there's that. The other thing that I have done is in a situation where everybody was taking shots and I did not want to, and we were all standing at a bar. I did not want to deal with like saying no and having the questions, whatever. I leaned into the bartender and I said, please put water in mine. So there are little tips and tricks. I mean, obviously just coming out and saying, I'm not drinking tonight. I don't drink. Those types of things are going to be much more you know, straightforward. And people may share with you things that they've done. It may come up as a topic of conversation. I would suggest that you have what your talking points are going to be about it if you're nervous about this. If you don't want to talk about it at all, then you know, trying to just sidestep the issue with telling the waiter or telling someone ahead of time so that it's just a non-issue. You could call ahead, things like that. I think one of the things that happens, particularly in the sales environment, is that a lot of people have drinking problems. And so when you share that you're no longer drinking, two things happen to people in my experience. They either get curious or defensive. And you sharing that you're not drinking, suddenly the other person is like, well, I only drink, you know, they start telling you about their drinking in a defensive way, as if you saying, I no longer drink is somehow an attack on them. But they, that's what they hear. It's, it's, it is a thing I've seen a hundred times. People just, they have, they feel the need to defend their, their drinking. And then the other thing is, oh, well, you know, how did you know you had a problem? I've thought about having a, you know, or my cousin has a problem or whatever. So, you know, it's the people who get nervous about drink, about you not drinking or you looking at their drinking, they're typically the ones who are wondering if they have a problem. Yeah. Let's say you find one of those versions that you're comfortable with, but maybe part of sort of like what you felt was sort of your like mojo as a salesperson had to do with, I don't know, lowering your inhibitions or mm -hmm. maybe that that takes some of your anxiety away. Do you have anything for those folks? Yeah. So you will overcome this, even though in the beginning, it might be a little bit awkward. You will overcome it. It takes practice. So you're going to have to practice being a little bit uncomfortable, moving through the discomfort. Some things that might help would be to do an, a workout before you go to dinner or before you go out for drinks, because then you have an endorphin rush which will calm you down, which ultimately will help you to be more relaxed. So finding other ways, if you get, you know, are able to get into any kind of meditation practice, even yoga in office or bathroom before, just trying to get some endorphins and some calm into your head before you walk into the situation. What I do in tricky situations is I bookend. So, and I still do this depending on the situation, if it's, you know, it has to be particularly rough, but I make a call to someone in recovery before I go and I tell them what my plan is. I tell them what my exit plan is. I tell them you know, what my plan is to tell people if they're drinking or if I'm whatever the situation might be. And then I'm there 
I have a quick exit plan and then I have a regular exit plan. And then when I leave, I call that same person and I report back. And I've found that when I need extra accountability, this is very, very helpful because I know that if I need to leave, I know exactly what I need to do. I know that if I get a certain feeling or if I feel like I'm going to drink, these are the people I'm going to let know that I need to leave. Here's how I'm going to get there. I've already thought about, you know, whether I'm going to need to take an Uber, whether, you know, am I the person driving? If I'm the person driving, I need to consider that I've driven other people there. Maybe, you know, how do I reconcile that? Well, maybe it's not a good idea for me to be the person driving so that I have to wait for everybody. Maybe I ultimately don't put myself in that position, which is why you think of the plan ahead of time. Because how many times if you are the sober driver, do you feel like you have to stay? the whole time because everybody else is counting on you. If you don't put yourself in that position to begin with, because you thought it through, you don't get stuck at the party or at the bar or whatever it is. Yeah, totally. What about, can you talk about maybe in the early days when you were having these kinds of meetings, maybe do you have any like specific stories about how things were received or if there was any other like kind of wrinkles in the equation that you maybe hadn't planned for that you wish that you had? Usually the wrinkles, so to speak, are people who are really uncomfortable with you not drinking and they make the conversation, the situation awkward, ask a lot of questions. They want you to tell them about what it was like, what happened. They want to talk to you about their cousin. They want to talk, you know, whatever the situation is, like they get really uncomfortable. I try to just listen. Sometimes this is a different type of sales tactic, which is that you're allowing them to be vulnerable with you and you are creating a different kind of relationship with them than you would if you guys were getting drunk. And you're listening to them and maybe offering advice here or there, but you make it clear that you're not judging them, that this was a decision you made for you and that everybody has to make it for themselves and just practice listening and asking, being curious about about that. But those type of people who get really uncomfortable with that at first, it made me really uncomfortable. So if someone would get really uncomfortable that I wasn't drinking or they'd like, why not? Why can't you have just one? What happens if you have just one? But blah, blah, blah. like it's just like on and on. And it was, I felt, I felt their discomfort and I, it made me uncomfortable. Now it doesn't bother me. You can say the old quips, like, you know, I break out in hand. I'm allergic to alcohol. I break out in hand. You can say, it just doesn't agree with me. I don't like who I am. I, you know, whatever. You can just all those things. And then if someone keeps pressuring you, you can say, I really need you to stop pressuring me. My favorite. Oh, here's another, here's another one that I get, I still get all the time, which is. I know people mean well, but it is just my absolute favorite. <laughs> so you're at a party, someone there who finds out for whatever reason that you don't drink and they're drinking and they tell you how proud of you they are. They've never met you. They don't know what your drinking is, but and they're drinking while telling you how proud of you they are. And it is truly amazing how often that happens. <laughs> amazing. And okay. So by the way, if you're listening to this and you want to know what to say, if someone tells you that, tell them congratulations. You know, you're aware that that's really hard work. You can just say that. 
mm-hmm. that I'm proud of you is so rough. And I know what people mean by it. What they mean by it is congratulations, but it is, oh man, so many, so many, so many times people have said that. Find a drink that you like that isn't alcoholic, that's kind of fun, fun and flirty. Fun um, and flirty. Fun and flirty. <laughs> and uh, have an exit plan. Exit plans are fantastic. They're really, really one of the key components and decide how much you're willing to share. The medication one is always good because they can't like bully you about it. You're like, I, I really can't take it. I'm I'm taking some other things. And what are you taking? Like, tell them you're taking Viagra. If you have an erection lasting longer than four hours, you should not drink. <laughs> That's all I heard on Viagra. <laughs> I don't think that's what the ad goes like. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. I yeah, mean, definitely. All I hear when I hear Viagra commercials is like, if you have an erection lasting four hours, and I just think to myself, can we, can we, can we talk more about that? Can we just like, <laughs> like, what's the call like to the emergency line? I mean, I, I don't know. It probably happens enough that you just walk in and just kind of point, and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. We like, know. Viagra longer than four hours. <laughs> Need help. Who's waiting four hours too to get medical attention? You know what I mean? Like, go get some help. I think everyone, because no one is wants to go in and be like, it's been three hours. Yeah, I guess so. But boy, Everyone's that's a long, long that four. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're closing in on that fourth hour, you're like, please God, debone me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. So this is it. This is what we're talking about for business meetings. <laughs> Make sure you work all this in. Are you following? Are <laughs> yeah. you following? Tell them you're taking Viagra. <laughs> you could. I mean, you could. You just, listen, I'm taking Viagra and last time I did it. Last time, six hours. All I'm going to say is four. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're female, definitely say that. <laughs> hundred percent. And they will stop asking. Do you have any... Because I I would imagine that for a lot of these folks, the bottom line for a lot of it is like that a lot of these strategies might work for them. But if they're, if it's affecting what's happening at work, I think that's the moment where it's like, they're maybe scrambling, right? So it's like either they're having meetings without me because I have kind of declared my sobriety or maybe it's affecting those sorts of things. Like, do you have anything to... I think it's really important that you maintain very strong relationships in your recovery community and you're talking to people about it. You're talking to people who've been through this before. I know women who have been bartenders and are in sobriety for 20 years, right? So, and they were bartender early on, which is not recommended, but they, you know, they talked to other people who had done that. And there are lots of people who have gotten sober in corporate America and have figured out a way to navigate. I think it's fair to say that every new thing is awkward in the beginning and that's not bad or wrong. We think it's bad or wrong because we feel awkward or other people feel awkward or there's a change. But just because something feels funny at first doesn't mean that it's wrong. You have to wait four hours before it's... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't... Yeah, leave it there. It's yeah, right there. I, I had to bring it it's right there. Full circle. No, but a lot of the time we feel like <laughs> if it's a, if it's a circle too, also seek medical attention. <laughs> if you see shapes you've never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> 
what's happening oh my god (laughs) someone is like it's not funny (laughs) (laughs) we often think that discomfort is inherently bad which is part of why we drank and used the reality is that discomfort is a part of life and a part of growing into a better person also like I'm not saying get a new job, but I am saying that your recovery and your health is more important than this particular job. And you can always get another sales job, right? Not this sales job, but you can parlay this sales job into another sales job. You know, you could stay for a year and then and then go to another sales job and give them a new experience so that the experience you come in with is the only one they know. There are a lot of options and opportunities. And I think that tailoring your interactions to fit your lifestyle is something that a lot of the time we just didn't realize we could do. It never occurred to us. We just rolled into the bar and ordered whatever. And then it was like, you just flew by the seat of your pants. Like whatever happens, happens. Well, you don't have to live like that. You can have a plan. You can have a backup plan. You can be accountable. You can find a new job. You can find a different job in the department. You can, you know, there's so many different options. And when you start to think about the fact that there are other options, that it's most of all important to talk to people who've been where you've been and ask them what they did. You know, they they told me when I when I first got sober, find someone who has what you want and do what they did. Is there a place where people could find like a specific resource that is for, let's say, people that are in sales that are working through this? Is there any like place that they could specifically seek that out if they are unable to find that? I would say that in any of the... So if you're in a 12-step program, I would share, I'm looking for someone who got sober while working in sales and figured out how to remain in sales and remain sober. And if anybody knows anybody or, you know, if you are that person, I'd love to talk to you. Here's my number. And you can put it in the chat or you can, you know, say, I'd love to talk to you after the meeting if it's in person. If you go to lionrock.life and we have a promo code courage for one month free. So you can just hop in there for one month free. There are lots of people who work in corporate America, who got sober while working in corporate America, who can guide you. And you can ask any of the peer counselors or counselors that work in lionrock.life for help. You can also email us and we can see if we can set you up with someone who has a similar background. Love it. Love it. Well, yeah, I think it's a tough road. I think that there are just particular professions that are sometimes maybe more prone to this kind of thing than others. And so, you know, you can definitely be in a tough spot, but I think that there's a lot here that people can take away. And hopefully one of those things will work for you. And, you know, maybe it'll be uncomfortable for a little bit, but I, I believe that you can find a way out of it. You know, we're rooting for you as always. Ashley, anything you want to leave them with? Just because you don't know what is going to happen doesn't mean that what's going to happen is bad. Remember that. Just because you don't know what the outcome is doesn't mean the outcome is bad. I love that. I love that. Everybody, I hope you have a great week and we'll see you soon. This podcast is sponsored by lionrock.life. Lionrock.life is a diverse and supportive recovery community offering weekly over 70 online peer support meetings, useful recovery information, and entertaining content. Whether you're newly sober, have many years in recovery, or you're recovering from something other than drugs and alcohol, we have space for you. Visit www.lionrock.life today and enter promo code COURAGE 
for one month of unlimited peer support meetings free. Find the joy in recovery at lionrock.life. <laughs>